Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're going to continue this morning in our new series that we're doing. We're, we're doing a series through the Gospel of John. And what we're doing with this is we're wanting to get to know who Jesus is. We're wanting to focus on the reality of who he is and get to understand him better. Because here's the reality. I talked to you last week. We can get so so comfortable with the concept of Jesus that we really don't know who he is. And it doesn't affect our lives. And so what ends up happening is, and this is what's happening in the North American church, is that we get distracted by other things and we lose focus on the main thing, Jesus, and we get distracted by a whole bunch of other stuff. And so what do we see happening? We see large numbers of people who've decided they're leaving the church. We see even people who who were committed followers of Christ, going off and following after, after dangerous doctrines. All because the reality of Jesus isn't real to them. And so we are doing this series, starting in this series, wanting to know who Jesus is and what does he mean for our lives. So last week we did our first introduction. We saw who he was. He's God. He's with God. He has a relationship. And the reality is, is that the world, which is in darkness, does not understand him. I think we need to grasp that point. The Jesus that you follow, everybody doesn't understand who he is. Oh, yes, there are some popular concepts out there. And people may even say they believe in Jesus, but do you understand, do you realize that simply saying you believe in Jesus doesn't mean you truly understand who he is. They may believe he's a great teacher. They may even believe he was executed. But the reality of who he is and the reality of him being God, well, they're not ready to grasp that. Nor are they willing to submit to that and to submit to his lordship. So what we want to talk today is the reality of Christ. And so I want you to look with me. We're going to go back to verse 5 and we're going to work our way through verse 13 today. And we're going to talk about the guide. Well, wait a minute, George. I thought we we're going to talk about Jesus. Well, in order to understand who Jesus is, we have to understand that he sent a guide. So I want you to notice with me. Let's start with verse 5. We looked at verse 5 last week. I kind of mentioned it already. Here's what he says. Now, he's going to talk about the light. We already know that the light is Jesus. So listen to what John writes. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world that was made 
and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to him he gave the right to become the children of God for those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at these verses, and we're, again, we're going to talk about the reality of where our world is. We're going to look at, focus on that in verse 5. We're going to talk about darkness, the reality of darkness. And then we're going to see God's grace in verses 6 through 8 when he talks about this guide. And then we're going to see again who this light is. Who is Jesus? What does that mean for you and I? Okay, so let's talk about this together. Let's talk about darkness. So let me just stop for a moment. When we start looking at the whole issue of darkness, I want you to drop your concept some of you may have about what darkness is. Some of you, your concept of darkness comes from watching TV. What do you mean by that, George? Well, the concept that a lot of us have about darkness comes from what we're influenced through our media, and that is, that is the world of the spirits. That is the world of the demons. That's the thing that I saw on TV where somebody is somewhere and there's all being led by the devil to take us over. That, to be honest with you, is really a very small concept of what darkness is. Darkness, as we're seeing here, is the reality of being without God. That's why when we say our world is in darkness, we're not saying that our world is dominated by Satanism. What we're saying is, is our world is dominated by the reality of not understanding nor accepting God. So when you look at verse 5, it begins to make sense. Look with me at verse 5 again. And the light shines in darkness. So Jesus shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So here's the two points I want to make for you. Here's the two points I want you to understand about where our world is at. And folks, let me just go ahead and tell you where our community is at where our county is at, where our nation, our world is. We're all in the same boat. Here it is. Here's the first one. Our world exists in spiritual darkness. Wasn't that when we were talking about the demons and Satan being in control? Yes, well, Satan is the God of the world. But you understand the reality of being in spiritual darkness means that our world exists without an understanding of who the true God is. And they reject that understanding. And not just reject, they refuse to submit to him. They refuse to acknowledge and submit to God. So therefore, they're in darkness. Their minds are in darkness. They can't see. This is the reality. Our world is in a world of darkness. That's where we're at. Even in our own nation, we're in a world of darkness. We exist in it. Here's the second thing. Our world cannot comprehend who Jesus is and what he has accomplished. Our world can't comprehend it. The world can't even fathom it. In fact, isn't that what Paul says in his letters? 
that to the world, the cross is foolishness. Do you see what I'm saying? So when we talk about this world that we live in, it is in spiritual darkness. Now why am I spending all this time talking about this? Because I think you really need to understand what we live in and where our world has always been in because of sin to understand what's going on in verse 6. Verse 6, if you look at it, he says this. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's going to talk about a guide. He's going to talk about in the midst of a world that is rejecting God. And would we all agree that our world is rejecting God? Oh, they want blessings from God when they want things to go right. And they want to get angry with God when things go wrong. But other than that, they don't really want to have anything to do with God. Am I right in saying that? So they have no comprehension. There's no way for them to comprehend it. They, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. So how does God show up? God's got to show some grace. And he shows it through a man called John. So I want you to notice with me, verses 6 through 8, and let's think about what he's saying here, and then I'm going to give you some points. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this John that he's referring to here is not the author of this book. The author of this book is the Apostle John. The John that he's referring to here, you know him, is John the Baptist. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now, here's the things I want you to see from here. First of all, the Lord sent a guide to prepare the people. See, Jesus was going to show up at the right time in history, and in order for that to go the way that God wanted it to go, the people had to be ready for him to show up. There had to be someone to do a ministry for the number of years that John did, preparing their hearts, and that's what John's baptism was. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance in order to prepare people for the coming of who? The Messiah. The one that the Jews were looking for. He was the one who was predicted by Isaiah to come and to prepare the people. And can I tell you something? That's God's grace. What do you mean? It's God's grace with the people who have no understanding of who he is, but salvation is coming their way. And so what does he do? He has to send somebody to prepare them so that they can comprehend him. Do you understand? We've already seen in verse 5 that they can't comprehend him. So let me just stop for a moment. This has bearing on you and I. How does that have bearing on you and I? When you think about the moment that you came to Jesus Christ, that was not just a moment in time by itself. You didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I need Jesus. I accept you, Jesus. I'm following you. No. Somebody told you about him. Somebody or somebody's prepared you for that moment. Whether Maybe it was your parents, or maybe it was your grandparents. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a pastor or somebody online. Maybe it was somebody that you worked with 
For me, it was a fellow engineering student at the University of South Carolina and his silent witness to me, preparing me for the preparation to understand who he was. That, my friends, is what? Grace. God showing you and I grace by sending someone to us to what? Prepare our hearts for him. To understand him. To guide us to him. Isn't that what our role is, is to be guides to him? So here's, here's John being sent by God to prepare their hearts to guide them. Here's the second thing I want you to see about God's grace. The guide pointed people to the light. The guide pointed people to the light. So here they are. They're in darkness. Spiritual darkness. They're in their own little worlds. Rejecting God. Living in hopelessness. And the guide comes to give them hope. To point them in the right direction to the light that will enlighten their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? To give them hope and salvation. That's grace. Look, God could have said, you know what? They're rejecting me. I write them off. They're on their own. Aren't you glad he didn't do that? Aren't you glad he just didn't write us off? But rather, he, in his great love, sent someone to point us in the right direction. Point us to the light. The light being who, folks? Jesus. Do you understand? Jesus. So then, what does that do? That brings us to who is this light and the reality of him. So that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time, verses 9 through 13. So I want you to notice with me. Let's take these verse by verse. <laughs> verse 9. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So he's talking about Jesus here again, who we saw earlier in, the, in this passage was the Word, who was with God, and was God, the Word who created all things, the Creator. And then it says, the Word was the light. Jesus is the light. So this John who was sent, this guide who was sent, what was he going to do? He pointed people to the light. Now here's what I want you to see. The light, Jesus, would enlighten men concerning God. What we're going to discover when we look into Jesus' life, we're going to see something true, completely amazing. It's almost opposite of what we see in church today. What are you talking about, George? When we think of church, or when our community thinks of church, can I tell you the number one thing to think of is moralistic people trying to tell everybody how to live? Isn't that true? We're, we're known more for what we're condemned, condemning than we are for what we're promoting. And you say, well, that's, I'm honest with you, George, I, I understand that, but I think that's a bad rap. I understand that. I'm just talking about how you're perceived, how you and I, especially me as a pastor, am perceived. 
But that, can I be honest with you, is not what we see when it comes to Jesus. Jesus, when he comes, he enlightens men concerning God, who God really is, because the perception of God is wrong in our world. Why? We have this perception, and it's even true in our churches, because I see so many people who are defeated, because they think God is ready to what? Squash them. God is ready to beat them down. God is ready to make them pay for the thing that they did wrong, for the mistake or the mistakes. And then when they come to church, we, we, we put on this perception of you've got to be perfect, perfect spiritually, and they're thinking in their minds, there is no way I can ever do that. And so some of them, they just flat out leave because that's their whole concept of what Jesus is. But that's not what he is. That is not who we're going to see when we look through this gospel, who Jesus is. Why? Jesus is the one who goes and hangs out with people and celebrates. Jesus is the one, when we get to chapter 8, who they bring a woman who's caught in adultery and the religious people are ready to stone her and they're testing Jesus. So what do we do with her? Jesus says, hey, you without the first sin, cast the first stone. And they didn't. They walked away. But here's what Jesus does with her. He doesn't overlook what she's done, but he does say to her, go and sin no more. That's grace, isn't it? That's grace. And so the light, Jesus, was enlightening men as to who God is. Do you understand? God is far more loving and gracious with us than you ever will imagine. Far more gracious than I am. I think he puts up with a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? I just get irritated with a few people. You know what I'm saying? He's got billions that he's dealing with. Because what motivates him? Love. For us. See, the light, Jesus would enlighten men concerning God. Look with me at verse 10. He was in the world... And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Here he's saying the light who created the world was not known by the world. The light who, Jesus, who created everything, when he comes among his own creation, they don't even know who he is. To be very honest with you, they don't even care. It doesn't matter to them who he is. They're doing their own thing. It's the epitome of pride, isn't it? Where we forget where we come from, where we forget who we are, we forget the people who brought us there, and we're like, I'm on this on my own. That's where humanity is, right? Even in the ultimate spiritual sense of thumbing our nose at God, I'm in control. I'm in control. I heard this illustration years ago. I think it's very fitting. It's kind of like someone thumbing their nose at God is like an ant 
thumbing their nose at you in your garden. And you've got the big foot ready to press down. Do you know what I'm saying? That, that's what it is for us, isn't it? The light who created the world was not known by the world. But his, the reality gets even more harsher when you look at verse 11. Look with me. Verse 11, and he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Who's he talking about his own? He's talking about the Jews. Because they were looking for him. Who were they looking for? The Messiah. So here's the point I want you to see here. Is he came to those who were expecting him, but they did not accept him. One thing we know about this time period is that in the nation of Israel at this time, in Judea and in Galilee, the people were really wanting the Messiah to show up. They had this concept of the Messiah. They were wanting him to show up and to deal with the Romans, get rid of the Romans, get us out from under this oppression. And guess what? In the midst of all of that anticipation of the Messiah coming, he really shows up. But he wasn't what they expected. Their thinking and what they wanted clouded their whole concept of who he was. So when he showed up, they didn't recognize him. In fact, they didn't recognize him so much, we know what they did, right? They put him on a cross. We're the same way. We develop these concepts of who God are, and what he should be doing, and when he doesn't do it, we get offended. But he came to those who were expecting him and they did not accept him. But here is the wonderful thing. Here's where you and I are blessed, because look at verses 12 and 13. This is where we're going to end. Look at verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were, not who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So here's what I want you to see here. The final thing about the light. Those who believe him were spiritually reborn as the children of God. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. You answer in your heart. Was there a time when you understood who he is and you went to him and you said to him, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Save me. Forgive me my sin. Whatever the words were that you used, but you gave your life to Jesus. Did that happen in your life? Now, let me point something out to you. Do you realize that at that instant that that happened, you became a child of God. But notice something. The way he puts it here, it isn't just that, oh, you became a child of God. He basically says you have position now. Why? Look at what he says here. Verse 12. He gave the right to be the children of God. He gave you position in that moment. And just so you understand that it wasn't you who made that decision, 
saying, oh yeah, I became a Christian. No, no. You were made a Christian. You were made a child of God. Why? Look at what he says in verse 13. Who were born, that's the rebirth, right? Not of blood, not because of you came from the right family, not of the will of flesh, not because somebody convinced you or you convinced yourself, nor the will of man. It wasn't you. Who was it? But of God. Your salvation is because of who, folks? God. Isn't that awesome? Think about it. I am a believer, a child of God, not because of what I do or don't do, what I haven't done and what I should have done. I'm a believer because I realized who he was and he reached out to me and he what? Changed me. It's all about God. That's who the light is. And it's all about his grace, right? Because he sent a guide to us. To prepare our hearts to realize who he was. And that's why he sent John, to prepare the people. Because there they were, they were looking for him. But when he showed up, they rejected him. And you say, George, what do we do with this? Well, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it in two ways. Here's the first way I want you to think about it. Think about it in terms of grace shown to you. I've already mentioned to you, verse 5 makes it very clear that we are in a world that lives in spiritual darkness where they do not comprehend who Jesus is, what he did for us. They don't understand God. They reject him. They live without him. And you were once a part of that. But God in his grace opened your eyes to the light. And he enlightened you. And when you realized who he was and you reached out to him, he made you his child. He saved you. That's the first thing, folks. I want you to see the grace. I want you to see the grace in this passage. Here's the second thing. Like John, who was sent, you're a guide. You're a guide to the people who are around you, to prepare them, to help them to see who? Jesus. Now, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about that all of a sudden now you start carrying your Bible everywhere you go. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't have to do that. You can just be who you are walking with Christ in the midst of the people who need Christ and you can quietly guide them where? To where they need to see him, to prepare them for them. Why? Because grace was shown to you, you realize that in the world of darkness that we live in, grace needs to be shown to a whole lot more people, right? A whole lot more people. So this is what we begin to understand about Jesus. He came to show us grace. Now share that with others. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.